Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor Butler speaks from the subject of the supernatural power of prayer. And now, here is today's message. John chapter 16, it's a new year, turning over a new leaf, two scriptures. John 16 and Ephesians 6. John 16 and Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at John 16 together. These are the words of Jesus. John 16 verse 23 and verse 24. Jesus said, At that time you won't need to ask me for anything. So Jesus is getting ready to leave. This is the night before he's crucified. He's he's sort of downloading everything that he couldn't tell them before now. And now he's telling them, at that time, you're not going to need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before, verse 24 says, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Now I want to show you also in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. So you saw the Father, you saw the Son. Now I want to show you this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Lord, we just come to you one one more time before we... uh, dive into your word. Lord, we just confess that we need you this morning. We confess that we need to hear from you, that we need to see what it is that you want to say to us. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to not be just hearers of your word, but we'd be doers of your word. God, you need a church. You need a church that's a lighthouse in a dark world. You need a church where the where the power and the presence of God can be experienced every week and every day. And God, I pray that this is that church. You need a lot more than us, but Lord, I pray that this is one of those churches that you raise up to shine a light into this community. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I announced last week that we would be beginning a series on prayer, and indeed today, that's exactly what we're doing. And the challenge with, uh, with preaching about prayer is not figuring out what to say. It's figuring out what to say first, and in the allotted time, and what you don't get to say. Because the Bible is full of, of, of examples and full of teaching about prayer, because prayer is, is so close to the heart of God, So there's a lot of things that I could preach, but, but after praying and seeking the direction of the Lord, I, I sort of zeroed in on this today, and, and I want to talk today about the supernatural power of prayer. The supernatural power of prayer. Now, when you're preaching about prayer to a bunch of Christians, it seems like it's, it's perhaps a redundant, it's maybe a waste of time, because if we're Christians, we pray, we know, we, we know we're supposed to pray. But, but the question for me is, if we know we're supposed to and we know all about prayer, why don't we do more of it? 
Why don't we believe in its power more? And, and I, it just has occurred to me as I was preparing for this that perhaps, perhaps we just don't take the time to stop and think about all the things that we know about prayer so that we understand just how powerful it truly is. The supernatural power of prayer lies in the fact that God Himself is all over it. He's all over prayer. He commands us to pray. He empowers us to pray. He, he welcomes our prayers. He answers our prayers. He teaches us to pray. He modeled prayer for us when Jesus was on the earth. Prayer is so powerful because it's supernatural in origin and supernatural in function. So how do we know that? Because the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, has a crucial role to play in every effective prayer. Now, it, it, it may be that sometimes our prayers are ineffective because we don't remember, we don't understand how to pray. We don't remember how the Trinity is supposed to be involved in everything that we do every time that we pray. And so today I want us to talk about what, that, what prayer looks like from the, and, and how supernaturally powerful it is because of the role of the Trinity in it. So first of all, I want us to talk about God, the receiver of prayer. How's the Trinity involved in prayer? God is the receiver of prayer. And I want to show this to you. In our opening scripture, Jesus said, we should pray to the Father. He said, you're not going to ask me anymore because the disciples were accustomed to just walking up to Jesus face to face while he was on the earth and telling him, telling them, him what they need. He said, you're not doing that anymore because I'm gone. So what you're going to do now is you're going to ask the Father directly. I won't be in between you anymore. You pray to the Father. And, and, and we know this also because in the Lord's Prayer, it's become known as the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, they said, they said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, you pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. So we pray to the Father. All prayers to be directed to Him. He is the receiver of all prayer. Well, why is that important? Because if you don't understand the biblical process of prayer, you can't operate in the supernatural power that it promises. Listen, it does no good to pray to the saints or to the Virgin Mary or anybody else. They were people. Listen, no disrespect whatsoever to your tradition or however you were raised, but people are just like us. When they departed, they, they've gone to be with the Lord. There is no scriptural support or command that tells us to pray to a departed saint. You can't ask grandma or grandpa, no matter how godly they were, to send you an answer or a sign or none of that. That is not how that works. The only one who receives prayer in heaven is God the Father Himself. And listen, you, while I'm on my soapbox, you can't send prayers to somebody. That ain't how that... Well, you're going to mail it to... What, what do you... How do you send a prayer to somebody? If you're sending someone a prayer, you're praying to the wrong person. There, there's only one receiver of prayer, and he's not horizontal, he's vertical. So feel free to pray for somebody else. That's called intercession, and it's one of the biblical forms of prayer. But, but be sure that you're directing 
all prayer to God, the only receiver of our prayers. So why does God receive them? What qualifies God to receive all the prayers? Why can't we pray to somebody else? Well, this is going to sound a little contradictory, but you look like sharp people today. I think you're going to be able to sort this out. All right? Y'all feeling okay? Y'all feeling smart? <laughs> I would say look at the person beside you, but don't. That's, that's a little off-putting sometimes. Just stay with me, okay? Why is it that God is the receiver of prayers? God is the receiver because God is the giver. Wow, y'all got that first time. It's, it's 9.30. God is the receiver because God is the giver. I want you to see this in Scripture. In, in John 3.16, I want you to see His disposition to give. He's just, he's just wired that way. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. In James 1 and 17, I want you to see He's the giver of every good thing. Whatever is good and perfect... Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from where? God, our Father, who created all the lights in heaven, and He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. In Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to see that He's the giver of reward. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anybody who comes to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards, He gives rewards to those who sincerely or diligently seek Him. Why should we pray to God? Because He's the judge who gives justice. He's the clothier of the flowers and the tailor for the birds. He's the speaker of peace in the midst of the storms. He's the defender of the weak. He's a fortress for the weary. He's the father to the orphan. He's the, def the, the, the avenger of those who've been done wrong. He's the lover of our souls. Why should we pray to God? Because if you're sick, He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who heals. If you're lacking something, He's Jehovah, he, I'm sorry, He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. If you're sick, He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. If you're in the fight of your life, He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. If you're worried about something in your life or in your future, He's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Psalm says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything came from Him, and everything belongs to Him. So why should we pray to the Father? Because with God's supernatural power, all things are possible. And all of that access that we have to God comes through prayer. That's why we pray to the Father. Well, John, why are, we, why are we talking about this? We believe in God. We know He's all-powerful. We, we get all of that stuff. Shouldn't we focus on some cool, hidden secret of prayer? Jesus said if we're going to be successful in the kingdom of God, we have to approach it like a little child. You remember how you thought your parents could do anything when you were a kid? Like, you just thought, I broke it, my parents will fix it. I need it, my parents will give it to me. Right? I want you to listen to this. E.M. Bounds, in, the, in one of the books that I challenge you to read with me, The Weapon of Prayer, he said this, A child believes his father, loves him, trusts him, asks him for what he needs, believing without doubt 
that his father will hear his requests. God answers the prayers of his children. Listen, our father can do anything. He can do anything. Why don't we ask and believe? Could it be that we don't pray like we should because we forget what an incredibly powerful God we serve? There is supernatural power in prayer and it starts with God, the receiver of our prayers. Now, I told you the Trinity is what makes prayer supernaturally powerful. So God's the receiver of our prayers. Jesus is the authority for our prayers. Jesus is the authority for our prayers. Have you ever um, sent a kid to tell another kid to do something? Y'all ever done that? So what inevitably happens? Because you've either been that kid, you know, you've either been the one toting the, the message, or you've been the one receiving the message. I can tell some of y'all were the recipient of a lot of those messages. So what, what happens? The kid comes back and says, they said they ain't doing it. Right? So, so what do you do? Do you get up off the couch and go in there? Psh, no. That's why you had more than one kid. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be ridiculous. So what you do? You, you send them back with a different message. Right? Just a little different. You send them back with the exact same message, but you say, you tell them that I said to do it. And then the kid walks back in there, delivers that message, and most of the time that changes the story, right? It changes the story. Why is that? It's all about authority. It's about authority. The name of John, the name of Valerie, is not particularly terrifying by itself. But it's the authority that we have as mom or dad that changes things, usually, in our house. When Jesus tells us to pray in His name, He's giving us His authority. He's giving us His authority. When we pray to the Father, Jesus said we should use the name of Jesus because we have no standing with the Father on our own. We have no right to ask Him for anything. Our right to come boldly before the throne of God and make our petitions known to Him is because we've surrendered our lives to Jesus. He's given us His authority to gain access to the Father. When Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except through Me, that's not only true of salvation, that's true of prayer as well. So the supernatural power of prayer lies in the fact that God is the receiver and Jesus is the authority for that prayer. Now listen, we have to understand part of that authority comes from the alignment with His will. His authority is given to us to, to help us align with His will. You cannot use His authority to violate His will. Does a police officer have authority in the state? Of course, yes, they do. But that, it only goes as far as the laws of the state allows. That he or she does not have the authority to order you to do what is in violation of the will of the state. Right? So why do we act like we can ask God for anything we want and as long as we stick in Jesus' name on the end of it, that now somehow God is obligated to give it to us. 
His authority is always predicated on us doing His will. He does not offer us a blank check and a signature stamp. Implied in us using the name of Jesus is that our request lines up with the character and the nature and the will of Jesus. How do we know His will? He wrote it down for us. Jesus is the Word and the will of God. We need to pray the Word of God. We need to pray the Word of God. Doug Small, one of the most knowledgeable men I know about prayer, he said you need to to pray with wet eyes and an open Bible. We need to pray the Word of God. What God promises, we should invite into our lives. We should agree with that and bring it into our lives. What God says is His will, we should pray that His kingdom come and that His will is done. I want to show you this in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Really famous, well-known passage of Scripture. The Lord isn't being slow as, uh, about His promise as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone, it's not His will that anyone should be destroyed but He wants everyone to repent. So if God doesn't want anyone to perish, but come to repentance, why don't we pray for souls to be saved more? It is His will. He wants it to happen. But He wants us to not only pray about it, but go do something about it. Go and carry His Word and His message and His good news to Him. So when you find things in the Word that are the will of God, pray it. Pray it. That's why He put it in there. We we would see more prayers answered if we would pray what we know is the will of God. Here's another way to pray the Word. When you're reading the Bible, you you, you have to take the time to think about what you're reading, think about what it means, And more importantly, how it applies to your life. What does that mean to me now in 2000, whatever the year this is, 18? They change so fast these days. So I was reading in Proverbs the other day, and and I just really felt compelled to start praying that scripture. I should do that more, but but it just really I felt compelled to pray the scripture. So so you might pray something like this. I want to show you in Proverbs, I was in chapter 21. I want to show you. So it says, the king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. And so so you might pray, you you read this, you understand what it means. You might pray something like, God, I'm not a king, but I'm asking you to direct my heart in whatever direction you think I should go. Lord, turn me like a stream of water. If I'm heading in the wrong direction, change my mind, change my heart, change my course, Lord. You go to verse 2. You read, people may be right in their own eyes. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? But the Lord examines their heart. So you might pray something like, Father, examine my heart. I'm asking you, inviting you to examine my heart. I don't want to just be right in my own eyes. I want to be right in your eyes. God, I know I can be stubborn and arrogant and I can think too highly of myself and my own ideas. So show me when I'm wrong before I wreck myself or my family. See how that happens, how that works there? 
You can read something like verse 9. I read this while that day I was reading. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Y'all be careful. Be careful when you pray in this. So you can take this in an arrogant, unhealthy direction if you want to, right? Or you can do it in keeping with the character and the nature of Jesus. So you can say, Lord, this woman is driving me crazy, right? Y'all, I know y'all, none of you men have ever prayed that prayer, right? This woman is about, she's nagging and arguing about everything. Get her, Lord. Straighten this woman out before I have to move to the attic, right? You could pray that. Or you could say, God, I know it's your will for us to live together in unity and in peace. And there's way too much fighting in my house. There's way too much arguing in my relationship. And Lord, it takes two to argue, and I know that. And I know that I can be just as guilty as she is. So, Lord, would you show me the areas that I need to change so we can have a better marriage? Will you set a guard over my mouth so I don't say something stupid to start a fight when there doesn't need to be one? Lord, help me be a better husband. Now, which one of those, if you put in Jesus' name on the end of it, do you think God is likely to listen to? Which one of those do you think is going to carry the authority of Jesus? We can pray selfishly and be rejected, according to the book of James. Or we can pray humbly, according to the Word of God, and watch the Father receive our prayers gladly in the authority and with the character and the nature of His Son. And when we start praying like that, we start seeing our lives change. We start seeing the lives of other people that we're praying for change. Not according to our emotions or our opinions, but according to the will of God for them as well. I want to show you this. In, in the same chapter we just read, but in, in, so John 16, but now verses 26 and 27, Jesus said again, Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father Himself loves you dearly, because you love me and believe that I came from God. Prayer has supernatural power because we can pray in the authority of Jesus Himself. And according to Matthew 28, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Why would we not want to pray in that authority according to His will? Now, here's the last thing. Obviously, God is the receiver of our prayers. Jesus is the authority for our prayers. The Holy Spirit is the promoter of prayer. Holy Spirit is the promoter of prayer. If you've ever been to a concert, it's because of the work of a promoter. Somebody promotes that concert. The promoter made sure you knew about it, made sure you knew where and when it would take place, make sure you understand how important or you know, how awesome it's going to be, make sure that, that the entrances and the exits are clearly marked so you know how to get there, make sure that there's adequate lights and sound so you experience it to its fullest. Now, at some level, and, and the Holy Spirit is much, much more than that, but at some level, that's what the Holy Spirit does with prayer. He promotes prayer. He, he, prayer is important to the Holy Spirit. 
He wants to see us pray and pray often and pray effectively. That's why in our opening Scriptures in Ephesians, it says pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Prayer is not just a spiritual habit. It shouldn't just be relegated to a time and a place on your calendar. And that's good. You need to schedule that time so that you can have time to pray. But, but prayer should be done in the Spirit. That means He leads us and guides us. And sometimes it's during our scheduled regular prayer time, and sometimes it's at other times. He reminds us when and how we should do it. It's not an event as much as it is a continuing conversation with the Lord. So sometimes it's more focused and intense, and sometimes it's just happening in the background as you take care of the other things you have to do in life. But at all times, prayer should be empowered by and directed by and promoted by the Holy Spirit. I want to show you this in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. If the Apostle Paul admits that he don't know what he's supposed to pray for, can we all just be honest with each other and say sometimes we hit our knees and draw a blank? And we just, we just don't know. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit's saying. And the Spirit pleads for us believers, look, in harmony with God's own will. Prayer in the Spirit is supernatural because He prays for us. He prays for us. He shows us how to pray. And He'll even do it for us when we run out of words and concepts and thoughts and means of expressing ourselves. There are some things that are so deeply personal or so important that we can't trust our own feelings or our own understanding or even our own words. You can cry out to the Lord and He will hear you and understand you through the work of the Spirit. There's another passage of Scripture that makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is so passionate about the effectiveness of our prayer life that He offers to give us words that are not our own. The Holy Spirit is so passionate about prayer that He offers us a language in which to pray that, that supernaturally increases the effectiveness of those prayers. I want to show it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. Paul said, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll only be talking to God. You'll be, talk, excuse me, talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll all be mysterious. Now this chapter, chapter 14, is about the regulation of the gifts of the Spirit in a worship service, specifically the gift of tongues, interpretation, and the gift of prophecy. Paul makes it clear that the gift of tongues is not useful in a service unless it's accompanied by the gift of interpretation. But I want, so, I, I, I want you to know, I, I understand the context of the chapter. But I also want you not to miss what Paul teaches us about tongues 
and prayer. He says when you pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues, you're talking directly and only to God by the power of the Spirit. Wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want to speak directly to God in your prayer life? I mean, like, isn't that the point? If God's the receiver of prayers, would you not like to pray directly and specifically and exclusively to Him? In verse 4, he says that a person who speaks in tongues is, is strengthened personally. He said you're built up personally. It doesn't help the church unless there's interpretation. But when you speak in tongues, when you pray in tongues, it builds you up personally. Would, would you not like to be strengthened personally by your prayer life? Now look at verse 15 in that same chapter. Well then, what shall I do? So Paul answers his own question. I will pray in the Spirit, and I'll pray in words that I understand. I'll sing in the Spirit, also sing in words that I understand. Paul says he prays in his native language, and he understood two or three, but he also prays in, in the Spirit in a heavenly language. Listen, let me ask you an obvious question. Do you think Paul had an effective prayer life? Do you think the Apostle Paul was doing okay in the prayer department? Well, let me show you the key for him in verse 18. In verse 18, Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than any of you. Don't you think his prayer life is characterized by the intercession of the Holy Spirit through him? Paul said the key to supernatural power in his prayer life is he lets the Holy Spirit pray through him. The Holy Spirit is a promoter of prayer. So much so that He'll even show you how to do it if you need Him to. He'll even do it for you if you'll allow Him to. It's an old Negro spiritual that says, every time I feel the Spirit, do y'all know this? I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit, I will pray. Now y'all calm down, I ain't about to burst forth in song. But I do. I want to show you a picture, Heather. We have that picture. We have that picture. So, that's that's a nice one right there, isn't it? You can probably get it cheap at the auction from our insurance company. That's that's Morgan's car, my daughter, from a couple of months ago. She rolled it, flipped it, about a mile from our house, six thirty in the morning. Great way to wake up. Welcome to your Saturday, pops. She's on her way to work. Walked away without a scratch. Not a scratch. I cut myself twice getting her junk out of it at the, at the lot, at the record yard. She had not a scratch on her. <laughs> so I was letting my family know. Um, and so I sent them a text. And, and, and my sister responded. She called me. She said, well, that must be what I was praying about this morning. I said, what are you talking about? She said, God woke me up this morning about 6 o'clock and I started praying for about 30 minutes. And she said, and, and I really wasn't sure who or what I was praying about because I was praying in the Spirit. But she said, I sure am glad she was okay. Prayer's not just routine. It's not just a discipline. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. 
There's supernatural power. Supernatural power available to us through prayer. If we'll pray to God, the receiver of our prayers, if we'll pray in the authority and the will of Jesus, and if we'll learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, God gives us prayer as a weapon and as a gift. I'm tired of seeing defeated churches, defeated believers. We have kingdom work to accomplish. But the church of Jesus Christ will never stand in victory until we learn how to bow in prayer the biblical way. It's time to get connected to the spiritual power of prayer. I want you to stand with me. From time to time, I will, I'll just wake up, and I know you've had this experience too. Wake up, or just in the middle of the day, something just hit me out of the blue, and I'll pray, and I'll pray for my son who's a police officer, and pray, you know, just whoever the Lord puts on my mind at the time. So the day after Christmas, my son calls. He said, uh, you've been praying? I said, no. <laughs> Boy, it's like 9.30. What you talking about? No, I ain't praying. It's a day off. No. I, I said, honestly, no, I, not specifically this morning. And he said, well, Somebody's been praying. So he told me this, the, the story. You may have seen it on the news or on Facebook that he uh, came face to face with an armed robber at O'Reilly's and, and, and through the grace of God was able to take him down and get him into custody. And, um, listen, he's, he's been to the army and he's been through the academy and he's, you know, all the training and all that stuff. But he knew that it was the hand of God that day that lined everything up. He said, Dad, somebody's been praying because it does not get more textbook than this. We were in the right place at the right time. Our backup was in the right place at the right time. Everything happened exactly right. He said, I didn't have to shoot him. Aimed a gun. He aimed a gun at my son. But he didn't have to shoot him. Thank the Lord. There is supernatural power in prayer. And I told him, I said, boy, I hadn't been praying for you this morning, but there's enough stored up that you, you're fine. You're fine. I don't know who else might have been praying, but the Lord knows we prayed enough for you. Listen, I'm not telling you that if you fall asleep while you're supposed to be praying or you know you just miss the stop sign that the Lord gives you that something terrible is going to happen I don't believe God is that kind of God but he gives us opportunities to be involved in people's lives to change the direction of people's lives and so I just want to remind you this morning it's, it's the first Sunday of 2018 and I can't think of anything more important to talk about than prayer 
Prayer has got to characterize the lives of believers. There's a reason that we're called believers. And if we believe in in the supernatural God, then we should believe in the supernatural power of prayer and put it into practice in our lives. So I just want to invite you to commit yourself. Not a resolution, not a goal. I just want you with me to commit yourself to be people of prayer. That, that rather than wait until it's the last resort, can we just pray first in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion? So this altar is open always. And if you'd like to come and begin to pray now, you can. But I just want us to pray. We're, we are some strange people, Christians. Right? We're going to pray about praying. But that's exactly what we're fixing to do. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.